0: Hi, everyone. This is part two to my interview with Professor Irk. If you haven't listened to the first one, I recommend you go and do that as it was super informative. I hope you all have a great time listening. Let's get right into it. Um, with those machine learning models not really being great, the greatest with longer text, what are some of the directions for future research in this area, either with machine learning or um, in the field of advice forums?
1: Um. You would say just it feels that I feel that we don't. I mean that there's a lot of great work on discourse structure and how to describe it, but um, kind of at a larger scale and not just like how how are these two sentences connected. Um, what are we getting at with the discourse structure? What is it that we should teach the machine learning models to do in order to understand discourse structure? Um, Feel our the, the linguistic analysis of discourse doesn't seem the greatest match for machine learning. Possible. I don't know. For this, you should talk to to uh, my colleague Jesse Lee more. Um, uh, yeah, she she was really the the uh, main person on that research.
0: And I know you've also done um, more stuff on the concept of a story salad. I was wondering if you could tell me about that a little more.
1: Okay, so um, first, for me, these these research pieces typically come out of kind of um, more theoretical questions from a linguistic side, like with the advice. It was like, hmm, um, what what's what's the the discourse structure? What are the concept zones in in uh, advice texts? Can we do get a better understanding of that? And here with the story salads. Um, that is so there the underlying story so to speak, is um, some fascinating findings from psychology that show that so you know a lot about how how events unfold. you know that um, so the shopper saved a lot of money. Uh, the brave firefighter saved somebody's lives. Um, you wash your hair with shampoo, you wash a car with a hose. So, so there's a lot of kind of um, knowledge about how how things work in the real world, what things go together in, in things that typically happen in the world. And this knowledge, um, so people in psychologists that this is um, Jeff Elman, Ken McRae and colleagues, they found that um, this, this knowledge about events and how they typically unfold, um, that plays a role in how how you understand text. So when you read, what do you expect to come up next? What words do you expect to see? And that's really very much shaped by your knowledge of typical events. And so that made me curious, what does this knowledge, this kind of story knowledge or event knowledge have to do more generally with with language understanding? Uh, What role does it play um, also in, in lexical semantics? How much of what you know about a word is kind of the stories connected to a word? And so I looked a bit into, um, on the technical side, what can we do to uh, to automatically learn from text how typical events unfold? Because uh, humans write texts about things that happen. And um, even though they try to be surprising, a lot of the times texts are really not uh, not totally wacky, but describe kind of typical events right if you think newspapers if you blank out the last word or two of a sentence typically you can tell roughly about what kind of stories you're going to get so you can't by um using machine learning on large amounts of text you can get a sense of these typical stories which hopefully we can then use to um to use in the models of, of human language understanding but um So these story salads on the theoretical side came out of the question, um, how can we evaluate? How can we figure out whether a machine learning model of story understanding is any good? Well, if I take, say, a a new story or two news stories and I shake them up, hence the story salad, um, it should be able to piece together the pieces that fit together, that together make a story and should be able to, to toss out the pieces that don't fit. So that was the story sellers. It also came on the practical side from an application where we are trying to build a system to actually help um, help people figure out what is going on, right? So if when there's a natural disaster or a war breaking out, you have social media takes and news, and they're all over the place and they're kind of telling a lot of different stories at once. And this is again such kind of a story salad. So then you might want to say, can I build a system that will uh, put the pieces together and say, okay, here's one story of what might have happened that consists of these 10 uh, social media texts and this piece of news. And there's another story of what might have happened. This uh, and, and these social media posts fit into that other story, uh, something like that.
0: Yeah, so I, I know you mentioned like social media and natural disasters. Are there any other places where uh, story salads may show up
1: uh, well, that that was our kind of main application that we looked at. Other than that, um, we, I mean, we built them artificially from text, also to to see to what extent a model would be able to do reasoning. Right. So, if you have a person who is introduced as uh, a fifty year old. T- uh, doctor who, uh, made some groundbreaking discoveries and suddenly, uh, you know, oh, and, uh, and then the person joined a circus and, um, and spit fire for 10 years. Wait a minute, is that the same person or is that a different person? Oh, and also that person is suddenly 30 years old and not 50. Ooh, that cannot be the same person. So, um, to what extent can a machine learning model do that kind of reasoning? So, so we are interested in kind of autumn um, artificially creating such challenges to to probe our models to see what they could do. But, um, I mean, let's make sure that that we don't uh, lose the forest for all the trees. So for me, really, the, the, the underlying motivation comes from questions of curiosity, finding out about how language works, and that often has applications. Um, but those come in a second step. And some of the main questions that I have are first about word meaning. What is word meaning, really? Is it well described in, in separate dictionary senses or not? And if we view meaning as kind of this landscape where you can kind of walk from one place to another without having to separate out zones and saying, this is sense one, this is sense two. Is that a be- better way of describing meaning? What, what new ways does that give us and, and how do stories come into play when we talk about word meanings? Because in your usual dictionaries, um, they don't talk about stories connected to the words, but when you look at, um, kind of word senses automatically learned from data, um, you see the stories cropping up and, uh, and your model will tell you, well, you know, I've got one sense of fire. This is, that's something like, Oh, there was a fire that destroyed an apartment complex. And there's this other sense of fire that I found there were people curled up next to the fire, drinking cocoa. Hold on second. So so we would say this is the same sense of fire, but it's a totally different fire story. And I find it fascinating that, that the models can actually pick up on that. So. Um, so kind of these questions of what is word meaning? How does it fit into to sentence meaning? How does that fit into longer stretches of text? And how should we best think about those? Uh, those are kind of the the gigantic questions that, that I'm shipping away at. And um, that's kind of the,
0: yeah, yeah. And the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like, models could differentiate from those two types of fires now, but maybe looking 10 years from now, how do you think computational linguistics would have changed or what its impact would be then? And I know it's a a pretty tough question because who knows, but.
1: Yeah, it's actually a much Tougher question now than it would have been uh, 10 years ago. And that is because um, there are these new models coming out in artificial intelligence in general that are changing so much. So, um, like we had models revolutionizing um, natural language processing in uh, 2016, 2017. Then in 2019, a new model type came out, and everything that is older, uh, stuff from Work from 2018, 2017. Oh, that's old news. Nobody can use that anymore. That's that 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 is ancient. Who would even still still cite that? And so what what's gonna happen next? Are is are we gonna get another uh revolutional model that's gonna overthrow everything? Or are we now at a point where we kind of are going to consolidate and trying to understand where we are at with uh, the systems. It's, it's really hard to say. Um, also right now, we're kind of in a, um, in a weird place where we have models that on the one hand uh, do really well at a lot of things, but then they'll suddenly do really odd things like um, not understand the difference between the, um, masks help and masks don't help and say, yeah, totally. That means the same thing. Um, hmm? um, or try to summarize automatically summarize a text and suddenly the model starts hallucinating and tells you stuff that wasn't in the original text at all. So are we going to get a handle on that? Um, currently, there, there are a lot of really big unknowns. Uh, still, that given, I feel that some of the Big questions remain, kind of these questions of um, should we go, should we focus more on the machine learning and let the model learn whatever it wants inside, should, or should we try to impose some structure and talk about um, structures that uh, linguists or philosophers might say here, here's something to learn about the world. Um, how important is a connection to the world, a model that can see and feel and, and touch, and maybe uh, maybe mat- manipulate things—is that necessary for learning, or uh, can a model just uh, gobble up all the text that that uh, is written on the internet and then say, "Aha! Now I understand." Um, and ca- so, th- these are questions that that have been around for a long time and that seemed to crop up again and again with every new um, version of the revolutionary models that we look at. Um, I know I haven't answered your question about what's gonna be up in 10 years, uh, but I guess this is the best that I can do.
0: Yeah, no, that's perfect. I know it's, it's very unpredictable, uh, especially now. And I guess given that unpredictability, is there anything you'd like to add uh, in general just about the field or any research you've done?
1: it's fun. It's really fun. I can recommend it.
0: Awesome. This concludes my interview with Professor Erk. I hope you all had a great time listening and I really want to give a special thanks to Professor Urk for doing this. I'll see you all next time.